Hello, everybody. This is Baratunde Thurston with another audio essay for you. Uh, for those new to this, this is my second time running this experiment. One week ago, I read an essay by Jason Calacanis. Uh, I decided to record it, posted it to my SoundCloud account, and that was a part of a domino of effective decisions leading to the creation of Baratune.de, B-A-R-A-T-U-N.de. Mark Eglin, uh, a new friend from the internet, was inspired by this to make it easy for you to digest that long read with an actual human narrator. So I am helping seed the idea by temporarily lending my name to the prototype website cause. Uh, this week's tech essay comes from my high school newspaper, uh, heralding the arrival of the internet at that high school in the year 1993. The name of the school, Sidwell Friends. The city, Washington, D.C. The author of the article, yours truly, Baratunde Thurston. Headline, Upper School Joins Internet by Baratunde Thurston. That's me. In the past, upper school students have used the computer room to write papers, solve math problems, conduct science experiments, and connect to local libraries and universities. From now on, though, students will have one more reason to use the computer room. As a result of the interests of some upper school parents, the school now has an internet connection. I want to pause for dramatic effect here and just have a little high school remark. Apparently, we were the best-behaved, most academically-focused students on the planet because we only use the computer room to write papers, solve math problems, conduct science experiments, and connect to local libraries and universities. Damn, we were good kids. Back to the story. The internet is a system connecting computer networks around the world. As of 1990, there were 3 million computers and 11 million people using the internet. But with its increased publicity, that figure has since grown. The internet was started by the Defense Department to create a decentralized network so that if one part of the country were bombed, the network would not collapse. It has since grown to incorporate thousands of colleges, libraries, and businesses, and millions of computers so that every country has at least one connection. The system itself is rather loosely organized, with no one really in charge. As computer coordinator Ross Lynette put it, it's amazing it even works at all. Pause for audio commentary. Ross Lynette ran the computer lab in my high school. Uh, this article was written in 1993, making me a junior in high school at the time. I learned uh, how to program in Pascal from Ross Lynette. I played Mavis Beacon typing tutor game. I think it was called something like that. Uh, thanks to that computer lab. And I was one of the first people to actually get an account on the internet that was just coming to the school. More on that later. Students will be able to use the internet in a variety of ways, including, and this is a bulleted list, electronic mail, also known as email. This feature enables people to send and to receive mail from other users around the world. For example, students who have siblings in college will be able to write to and chat with them. File transfers. This allows people to send and receive files to an infinite amount of places. There are numerous sites on the internet from which anyone can download files. The word sites, by the way, people, is in quotation marks. Last on the bulleted list, news groups. These are public forums or discussions with topics ranging from social issues to car repair. 
there are over 700 different news groups on the internet. <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, I advertised file transfers. Okay. Students wishing to use the system will be given an account and directory for which they will create a password and will be able to access the internet at any time. A useful feature of the internet for students will be the large number of university databases they can tap into. There are also a number of supercomputers around the globe to which internet users have access. I think maybe what I was doing with this story is like sending a signal to the grown-ups, the parents, the teachers, faculty, uh, administration, that by all means, the only use we students would have for this internet connection was furthering our own education and improving ourselves as people, <laughs> because otherwise, I don't know what the hell this story is all about. Um, now we're getting a little bit more into the details of the connection and, and how it came to be at the school. Brace yourself. The only cost for the school... The only cost for the school is the installation of phone lines needed to make the connection. The other financial needs, including a new computer for the sole purpose of usage with the Internet, have been donated by two companies. Advance Incorporated donated the hardware, which is worth approximately $6,000, and includes a top-of-the-line IBM compatible and a modem. UUNet donated the connection time for the first year at a price of $250 per month. The auction office will have a similar machine, which will be networked to the main one in the computer room. The school has set up a number of terminals connected to the main computer, making it possible for more than one person to use the internet at the same time. More than one person using the internet. This is mind-blowing stuff. Also, it says continued on page A12. Just in case you forgot, this is a print, print world that I am transcribing with my voice. <laughs> the very laborious text-to-speech process. Uh, all right. Uh, headline on the jump page, Internet arrives at upper school. Continued from page A1. To operate the Internet is quite difficult at first because it uses a computer operating system called Unix, with which few people are familiar. In order to make things easier for the students, Junior Robert Watson and sophomore Jason Carroll have written a small manual explaining how to use the Internet and have designed a menu-based system to, as Lynette put it, protect the students from Linux. Thank you, Robert and Jason. I wonder what those two are up to right now. I hope they're really, really rich based on technology. They, they, should, they deserve to be really, really rich based on technology. And just 22 years later, gentlemen, thank you for protecting the fellow students uh, and I from, from Unix. Last paragraph of the story, y'all. Bring it home. Steve Crocker was one of the Sidwell Friends parents who lobbied for the connection. Quote, It's a new kind of library, he said. We're putting down paths to a whole new world. Head of school Earl Harrison called it a terrific addition to our computer education and said that the school hopes to take a serious school-wide look at our responsibilities related to new technologies and computer education. The end. Nobody talked about porn. Nobody talked about games. Uh, nobody talked about shopping. Shopping wasn't even possible at the time. I think there's probably text-based erotic fiction on the internet at this moment. Uh, and everybody's just all pro-education about the internet arriving. So now it's the year 2015. I recently had my 20-year high school reunion, which led me to rediscovering 
this archive thanks to the alumni office at Sidwell. And I hope you have enjoyed this bit of Throwback Thursday time travel. If you like this, uh, spread the word. Send people to this test site, baratune.de, B-A-R-A-T-U-N dot D-E. That is the site that Mark Eglin set up to host products uh, like this, uh, posts like this. Maybe it'll end up being a podcast. Maybe other people will start contributing audio of essays that they want to protect people from reading. Uh, Robert and Jason, back in 1993, protected us from Unix. It is my job today to protect you all from reading. I'm Baratunde Thurston, and you're welcome.